0: Our genius ruling class has finally figured out how to cure COVID. After 600 days of 15 days to slow the spread, after the endless lockdowns and the masks and the shots and the social distancing, they have figured out how to end the pandemic once and for all. And they have an Austrian brothel to thank for the ingenious new strategy. An Austrian brothel is now bribing men with hookers to take the Fauci Ouchi, From 4 to 10 p.m. every Monday night, the Fun Palace Cat House is offering men a 30-minute sex session with the prostitute of their choice to take the jab. Now, I know what you're thinking. Traditionally, whorehouses have not been considered the pinnacle of public health. But these days, up is down and black is white. And so if the whole culture is turned on its head, why not give it a shot? It may not be the most moral way to promote inoculations, but say what you want about pimps and prostitutes. At least they're more honest than Dr. Fauci. I'm Michael Knowles, it's the Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite uh, comment yesterday comes from a guy who has a naughty word in his name, so I won't read it. Uh, The comment is, climate change is a threat so real that Joe Biden falls asleep at the conference discussing it. Yes, it's so urgent. It's so real. It totally is going to end the whole world in 12 years, or that was a few years, nine years or something. It's so urgent that people are dozing off during it. That's how it would give them all your power though. Give them all your money. Give them all your rights. People want to take your rights. They want to take your power. They want to take away all of your privacy, which is why you got to check out ExpressVPN. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data, passwords, financial details, etc. Those data are very valuable. Hackers can make up to a thousand bucks per person selling personal info, on the dark web. I know that you think, like I used to think, that no one's coming after your information. No one cares about your data. They do. It's extremely valuable. You simply should not go online. If you're not using a VPN, use ExpressVPN. Creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. Super easy. You just fire up the app, one click of a button on your phone, on your laptop, on your tablet, wherever. I love it. I don't go online without ExpressVPN. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Michael. If you're listening to this right now, you 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 know you go on that incognito window, you put on some websites maybe you shouldn't be looking at, you know what I'm talking about, dailywire.com. Go to expressvpn.com slash Michael, get an extra three months for free, expressvpn.com slash Michael. This Austrian hooker story is real. This is a real, at first I thought, is it the onion? Is it the Babylon Bee? No, it's a real story. Virtually every man I've told it to, by the way, I've said, oh "My God, did you see this story about the Austrian brothel that's offering you hookers for the the jab?" Their, their response has been, "Oh my gosh, that's terrible. That's awful. Where is it? Where are you? you know, just I just out of curiosity, where can I find this sort of thing?" Uh, this is not not great. <laughs> you'll you'll cure COVID, but then you'll have an outbreak of some other problems. You might might need some penicillin at at the very least. Uh, what this shows you is one. The, the vaccine is not particularly appealing to a lot of people. If the vaccine were appealing, then you wouldn't need to bribe people with hookers and cheeseburgers. Remember Bill de Blasio stuffing his face with the cheeseburgers? Om, om. Uh, eat the slop, pigs. Uh, take the shot and we'll give you free slop. Mm, french fries. You remember that? And, and, or bribe you with money in, in Ohio. If you, if you let us inject you with this experimental drug, you could win a million dollars. Okay. Well, if the vaccine were appealing. You wouldn't need to bribe people and appeal to their basest passions and appetites. But then that would require the virus to be very, very scary, which it just is not for the vast majority of people. It doesn't pose much of a threat at all. And so people do not feel the need. If this, if this were a, a bubonic plague breakout, you wouldn't need to bribe people to get the vaccine. And you certainly wouldn't need to appeal to the prurient interest and appeal to their basest passions. So it, it tells you a lot about the vaccine. And it tells you a lot about the pandemic that the ruling class thinks they need to bribe you in this way. But it also tells you a lot about what they think of you because (laughs) we all have a higher will and we have a lower will right? The higher will is I want to wake up early and go to Starbucks and do some work and work out and, you know, get a head start on my week and uh, fix up fix up things around the house and, right, it's and quick dinner tonight. And, right, that's the, that's the higher will where you're doing things that are responsible that you think are virtuous. Then you've got the lower will, which is I want to go do a bunch of drugs and eat a bunch of cheeseburgers and go to the whorehouse and, <laughs> right, that's the lower will. And you want to bring the lower will into discipline underneath the higher will so you can suppress those passions. And so they're not appealing to you with If you, um, if you get the jab, we'll give you a scholarship to take a course on ancient literature. If you, if you get the jab, we will, uh, I don't know, uh, we will help you in some way to improve your life and to flourish and to pursue virtue and to, no, it's, we're going to give you something that is base, that is low, that is, in this case, sinful or that is vicious, that that appeals just to your most basic most common low desires because they think that that is the will that that controls you you're not you're actually not in control of your appetites a free people doesn't get duped this way okay it's not just the Austrian brothel gimmick it's it's the money it's the cheeseburgers it's the it's the punishment it's that we're gonna hurt you we're gonna get you fired we're gonna take your money if you don't do it. A, a free people is not dealt with that way. But increasingly, we're not a free people because we've we've given ourselves over to our lusts and our passions and our, our ignorance and our fears and everything that the left has been ginning up since at least the 1960s. And it tells you not just what they think of you, it tells you how they rule you, tells you how they govern you. You know, this. From, everyone talks about 1984, but this is a lot more like Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, which is about a dystopian future where the people are enslaved, not through pain, but through pleasure, through drugs and promiscuous sex and you know, fleeting pleasures and, and not, not the real good stuff, not the higher stuff, but all the lower stuff. That is how they rule you. Okay. And it, it seems nice for the moment because you want the cheeseburger or you want the, the free money or you want the hooker or whatever, but, but it's not going to fulfill you. It's not going to lead to a flourishing life. It's not going to lead to a flourishing society. There are, there are reasons why people don't want to get the vaccine. It's not just stupidity. It's not just ignorance. It's not just because they're anti-science. It's because there are side effects. They had to pause the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because women were dying from blood clots, okay? It's, it's because the FDA and the CDC have admitted that there are risks of heart inflammation, myocarditis, pericarditis, in young, healthy people. It's, be, it's because there are religious objections, and because all of the vaccines were developed with fetal stem cells, aborted babies, and some were produced with them as well. There are, there are plenty of real objections. Oh, the Wall Street Journal is acknowledging this. There's a report just came out, the Wall Street Journal just covered it, about... The, the side effects of the mRNA vaccine, the, the myocarditis, the pericarditis. And why is this especially affecting young people? Study out of UC Davis showed that certain groups of young men might face a greater risk from the vaccine than from the virus. Why is this? Well, here's what the Wall Street Journal reports. The mRNA vaccines are designed to cause the body to make a certain version of the spike protein, which then sets off an immune response. The immune response includes neutralizing antibodies that target the spike protein and thereby block the virus's ability to get inside the cells and replicate. The immune response can protect a person against COVID-19 or lessen its severity if exposed to the virus. So that's that's how the vaccine is supposed to work. Here's the problem. Yet there may be similarities between the spike protein and proteins found in the heart muscle, prompting the body's immune defenses to mobilize against the heart, according to Baikem Bozkurt, a professor of medicine specializing in cardiology at Bader, Baylor College of Medicine in Houston. The antibodies against the spike protein may have the unintended effect of acting against heart proteins, says Dr. Boskurt, who co-wrote a review of vaccine-associated myocarditis in the journal Circulation in July. Could also be, the Wall Street Journal notes, because of improper injection. So you're supposed to get the vaccine injected into just into your muscle here in your upper arm. But if it accidentally goes into a vein, it might go straight to your heart. That could cause a problem. There are other ways that the spike protein may cause problems. It, it might induce your heart to, uh, part, your heart and areas around your heart to produce this spike protein. And so the immune response targets those areas might lead to heart problems, right? This is not not kooky, wild, crazy conspiracy theory stuff. This is from a a cardiologist at a respected medical school being reported in the Wall Street Journal as as mainstream a newspaper as ever there was. But we're not allowed to really talk about that, are we? I wouldn't be surprised if this episode gets censored on some of the big tech platforms, gets censored on YouTube. But it's the truth. We got to say it. It's the truth. And the truth is, there are plenty of good reasons not to get the vaccine. There might be good reasons to get the vaccine. I'm not saying there aren't, but there are plenty of good reasons not to get the vaccine. Medical reasons, religious reasons, prudential reasons. And so the ruling class is going to bribe us all by appealing to our basest desires and by punishing us. So the, the White House came out and instituted this vaccine mandate. After Joe Biden said that he he couldn't do the vaccine mandate, he wouldn't do the vaccine mandate, what's he do? He does a vaccine mandate. And he he directly mandates the vaccine for federal employees and federal contractors. But he wants it to be a nationwide vaccine mandate. So he goes further, and this is where it gets really dubious in terms of the constitutionality. He uses this, this agency called OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, to force employers with more than 100 employees to force you all to get the Fauci ouchie almost certainly unconstitutional. The Daily Wire is suing the Biden administration because of this. A court, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals came out and issued a stay. They said, no, until we resolve this question, we, you, you, you do not need to get the vaccine employees and employers do not force your workers to get the vaccine, right? We're going to resolve this legal and constitutional question first, then we'll see whether or not it's legit. So what does the White House say? Because of this? The White House is coming out and telling you to ignore the courts. This is absolute lawlessness, but it tells you something that we have been saying. It, it, it actually vindicates what conservatives have been saying about the vaccine mandate from the very beginning. And that's going to help me sleep a little bit easier at night, though not as easy as as I sleep on Bolin Branch sheets. I'm going to give you a little life hack that is going to make your life so much better. And it's so easy, but people don't think about it. Bolin Branch sheets sleep on really high-end sheets. Bolin Branch never disappoints. They got the highest quality sheets, blankets, pillows, and throws. Their holiday packaging makes your gift look and feel special. I actually gave some to my in-laws. The reason it matters, if you've ever had the privilege, I've had the privilege on a few occasions to stay at really nice hotels, the first thing you notice is the bedding. It just is just nicer than the the sandpaper that I at least I was buying in my <laughs> bachelor days. And you think, oh my gosh, how do I get this luxury? Oh, I've got to stay in the You don't need to stay in the nice hotels all the time. You just need to get that really high quality bedding. They've got organic cotton, they've got really wonderful stuff. They've got great pillows, bath towels, robes, all this stuff. They're signature hem sheets are the all-time bestseller. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard embedding from Bolin Branch. The gifts come wrapped and ready in their special holiday packaging. Order by December 19th for guaranteed delivery by Christmas. Best deals of the year going on right now from November 1st to November 11th uh, with promo code Michael at bolanbranch.com. B-O-L-L and branch.com. Promo code Michael. Exclusions may apply. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals says, do not enforce the vaccine mandate until we resolve the legal question. The White House says, do not listen to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. We think we people should not wait. It's, we say do not wait to take actions that will keep your workplace safe. It is important and critical to do. And waiting to get more people vaccinated will lead to more outbreaks and sickness. So this is about keeping people in a workplace safe. And so, and what we're seeing is more businesses and school closures and most lost jobs and keep us keep us stuck in a pandemic that we're trying to end. Like we do not want that to happen. We're trying to get past this pandemic, and we know the way to do that is to get people vaccinated. So people should not wait. They should continue to, to go uh, move forward and make sure that they're getting their, their, uh, their workplace vaccinated. There it is. There it is. You know how much I hate to say I told you so. You know it pains me. But sometimes I just have to say it. I told you so. When, when this vaccine mandate came out, when Biden announced it the first time, I said, This is a bluff. This is a bluff. Yes, there's some precedent for some kinds of mandates, but this one goes way, way too far. It will almost certainly be struck down by the courts and the Biden administration knows it. They know it. So it's a bluff because what's going to happen? They're going to say, hey, businesses, force your workers to get the vaccine. The businesses are happy enough to do it. The businesses were looking for an excuse in many cases to force their workers to get the vaccine. So the businesses can say, oh, it's not us. It's Joe Biden. He's making us do it. All right. You all have to get the jab by December 4th or December 8th or January, whatever, whatever the date's going to be. And then in a few months, more than a few months, maybe the court is going to come out and say, actually, that mandate's unconstitutional. And you know what Joe Biden's going to say? And you know what the businesses are going to say? Oh, whoopsie daisy. Well, okay, I guess it was unconstitutional. I mean, it worked and we already forced all of you to get it, but oops, my bad. Hee <laughs> hee-hee. Who could have guessed it would be unconstitutional? Everyone, everyone could have guessed that, but it won't matter. This reminds me, I would talk about this sometimes when we talk about election integrity. LBJ stole his Senate seat in 1948. Uh, it, and people knew it at the time, and the case went up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said, we don't have jurisdiction, and so LBJ in Texas just took that Senate seat, but it was totally crooked. He stuffed a ballot box, and he won by barely any votes, and they were fraudulent votes. So LBJ is a senator. Then he's vice president. Then Kennedy dies. He becomes president. Then he puts through his radical agenda. Then he leaves the presidency. Then he dies, and then only in about 1990, Does Robert Caro, his definitive biographer, LBJ's definitive biographer, lay out the case, I I think decisively, that LBJ stole that seat? Oops, whoopsie-daisy. Okay, yeah, good. That's a moral victory, but it doesn't matter because we figured it out too late. And so practically, it already already went into effect. That's That's what the White House is counting on with the vaccine mandate. It's a bluff, but it's a bluff that they're counting on businesses going along with. And so that that deputy press secretary, she's going to say, yeah, no, just ignore the court. Pursue this lawless strategy. Give us what we want. And then if it turns out, it was BS. Whoopsie-daisy. Speaking of vaccine concerns, Gavin Newsom has popped up again. So Gavin Newsom uh, disappeared. He's been gone for the better part of two weeks. Uh, He's been gone since he received his COVID booster shot. That was the last public appearance we had seen from him raised some questions. Is Governor Newsom having an adverse reaction from the booster shot? Is he, is he the victim of a vaccine injury? We don't know. Well, he finally, the, the calls for where is Newsom? Where is Newsom? Finally, he pops up again yesterday. Here's how he explained his absence. I had that, that dinner. A lot of you know this dinner with the family. And, and, and the kids literally, they kind of had an intervention. They said, They couldn't believe that I was going to miss Halloween and we got a five-year-old oldest is 12 four young kids And and I'm defending myself, you know, I got to go honey this and that and my wife was gonna go as well and You know mom and dad missing Halloween For them, it's like worse than Christmas missing Christmas and I woke up that next morning with Something's probably familiar a lot of parents that knot in your stomach that I had no damn choice. I had to cancel that trip. And, and I appreciate it. Okay. Oh, that's good. Good parent, Gavin Newsom. If it's true, good for him. Because he's talking about how he was going to go to the climate summit in Glasgow, which was completely ridiculous. He First of all, he's not important enough to go to that climate summit anyway. But uh, even if he were, he's going to fly all the way around the world, almost certainly in a private jet to to talk about how important it is not to pollute the air and not to release carbon dioxide. And it it was a ridiculous conference. So if he wanted to miss it, to spend time with his kids, good stuff. Um, However, where was he the rest of the time? You know, the climate conference just took place. Where has he been the rest of the time? Hadn't been seen since the day he got the COVID booster. Also, beyond just spending a nice time time with his kids, he was also seen out at a wedding of this billionaire oil heiress. So- (laughs) So another news story here is he skipped the climate conference so he could attend the wedding of a billionaire oil heiress in San Francisco that Nancy Pelosi officiated. That's a bad look for him as well. Plus, and I don't want to sound too tinfoil hat here. He doesn't, he doesn't sound good. He sounds a little bit sick in that, doesn't he? He sounds a little like his voice is a little bit raspier than usual. So I don't know. Whatever it was, Maybe he was sick and he was covering it up. Maybe he had some side effect and he didn't want to admit it. Maybe he just didn't want to admit that he was skipping the climate change conference to go hang out with a bunch of oil billionaires. Uh, Either way, or maybe he wanted to spend time with his kids or maybe some combination of of all of them. Either way, what the reality is, is certainly 100% not what we are being told. It was not what we are getting at face value from Gavin Newsom, not not even close. It's, It's Disrespectful. It's uh, obviously dishonest and deceptive, but they don't care. They don't care. The ruling class does not believe they owe us an explanation for anything. They don't think they need to be held accountable, and they probably won't be held accountable. You saw this on the View. So, the, the on the View now, uh, you you know, since Meghan McCain left, there was this opening for a conservative host. So Morgan Ortega was was on the View, filling in the role of the conservative host. Adam Schiff, the great hoaxer on the Russia hoax and the leader of the impeachment against Donald Trump. He shows up. This is after we found out the Steele dossier was BS. The main source for the Steele dossier just got arrested. The whole thing was funded by the Democrats. It was a big op. It was a big hoax so that the the Obama administration could spy on Donald Trump. And then once Trump won, could undermine the Trump administration. So Schiff goes on there and just doesn't bat an eyelash, just keeps it up with the lies and lies and lies. Thankfully, Morgan was there to rip him a new one. So I ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now. Um, You've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee and you've defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, And we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people? Let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, mm. which he did, uh, into inciting an erection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, none of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele. No, I think just your credibility is. Yeah, just your credibility, boom, owned Adam Schiff. Great stuff from Morgan Ortega, it's really nice to see a, uh, a fighter on there filling, uh, filling the conservative seat on The View. Probably won't last long. I'm sure they'll get some squish or somebody to come in. But, <laughs> but it was really good to see Adam Schiff called out in this way. It's so rare to see that in the mainstream media. Very strange, too, for him to uh, uh, discuss the incitement of an erection. Uh, clearly, he had just read the story about the Austrian attempts to, uh, to cure COVID through their brothels. Adam Schiff, though, absolutely shameless. He says, yeah, just because we found out the Steele dossier was complete BS and just because the main source for it was just, uh, just arrested and just because the guy who, who wrote it in the first place was a total spook and uh, just because uh, the, the Democrats paid for the whole thing uh, doesn't mean that Trump isn't guilty. <laughs> guilty of what? All this stuff you accused him of is BS. And it was proven to be BS. Well, no, none of that. Trump, Trump bad... Trump bad, and despite all of the evidence, I'm just going to continue to deny, 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 and push my narrative. And, and the, the left usually gets away with this.? Okay? When the liberal ruling class lies, it usually redounds to the benefit of the left, almost all the time. But it's not, it's not exclusively a left versus right thing. This ruling class versus we the ruled, is not exclusively Democrat versus Republican. Or left versus right. There was a time in this country when political disagreements might've been that simple. Do you remember those halcyon days? Do you have memories of that? If you do have all those good memories, you ought to protect them with legacy box. Legacy box is the best way to preserve your past. You send your legacy box filled with old home movies and pictures into to their experts. They will do the rest. They will digitize those moments onto a thumb drive or the cloud or a DVD. It's like magic. These items are hand digitized by a team of over 200 trained technicians right here in the USA. Their exclusive barcoded online tracking system gives you 12 emailed updates along the way. It's easy. It's safe. The kit has everything you need to do it. And you'll get all your physical media back. So you'll get all the old home movies and all the the photos and everything back in their physical form. But Father Time is going to deplete these things, degrade these things. Floods, fires are all a big worry. Have them digitized. Have them preserved forever. This is one of your most valuable, if not your most valuable, possession. Preserve it. Legacy Box is giving our listeners early access to their Black Friday sale. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Knowles to unlock an exclusive discount for Black Friday. That is LegacyBox.com slash Knowles for the best deal of the year. LegacyBox.com slash Knowles. As most of you know, the Daily Wire filed a lawsuit against the federal government to fight these ridiculous vaccine mandates. The great news is that within a week of filing the lawsuit, the Daily Wire has already seen a huge boost to our case. We just mentioned that the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals issued that temporary stay to prevent the Biden mandate from going into effect. If you believe in your medical freedom, if you want to support the fight against this outrageous government overreach, I hope you'll take a moment to sign our petition against Biden's mandate. The Daily Wire has a goal of collecting 500,000 signatures, which would send a powerful message to Biden and the legacy media the American people will not comply. We already have over 260,000 signatures. Please head over to dailywire.com slash do not comply to sign the petition today. Also tune in tonight. We're going to have a backstage. It's going to be great. It's with me, Ben, Jeremy, Matt, Drew, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, dailywire.com and on the Daily Wire YouTube channel. We'll be right back with a lot more. Everything the libs told us about Kyle Rittenhouse was a lie. Kyle Rittenhouse was that young kid, teenage kid, who was caught up in the middle of the BLM and Antifa rioting in Kenosha. Rioting that was spurred because BLM and Antifa wanted to defend a criminal thug sexual assailant who resisted arrest and then tried to drive off with a woman's kids. And then the cops shot him. And so they were defending the criminal thug rapist guy. And they were very upset. And so they were riding and burning and attacking people. And then Kyle Rittenhouse was there just trying to protect property. And he had a gun on him for his self-defense. And he shot at some people who were attacking him. And so the left called him a murderer, a white supremacist, a mass shooter, all this stuff, right? Then the Rittenhouse trial has been going on this past week. It turns out everything they were telling us was a lie Even the people that Kyle Rittenhouse shot admitted that he shot them in self-defense. When one of the witnesses admitted this, the prosecuting attorney just put his head in his hands. (laughs) He just thought, oh no, my case has completely fallen apart. And to their credit, or at least to her credit, one leftist, prominent leftist, is admitting she was totally wrong. That would be Anna Kasparian of the Young Turks. What really mattered to me was how all of this unfolded. What was the thing that sparked it? What started all of it? And initially, I was under the assumption that Rittenhouse was the person who was chasing after Joseph Rosenbaum, that that's how it had started. But I was wrong about that, okay? So I want to correct the record. I was in fact wrong about that. So those details matter, right? Who was chasing who matters. The gunshots by some other unidentified person, that matters, especially if you're uh, Rittenhouse and you're running away and then you hear shots and then Rosenbaum uh, lunges toward him. It does matter. And she did get it wrong. And the left generally got it wrong. And kudos to her for admitting it. It's good. Shows, shows some integrity. the the broader point is not just to give uh, plaudits to Anna Kasparian or the Young Turks or whatever. It's it's to show that this left versus right thing is not always a left versus right thing. There's something bigger going on. The ruling class, the liberal establishment ruling class versus the people, versus normal people who are on the right mostly and some in the middle and even a few on the left. This is how Joe Rogan can go from being a Bernie bro to vigorously opposing Joe Biden, right? Bernie bro in the primary, vigorously opposing Joe Biden in the general. And now he's lumped in with the right wingers. He's not a right winger, but he's he's really a left winger. He's a man of the left, but he opposes the liberal ruling class. Okay, there is a little bit of a, uh, I think a coalition to be had here. With when, when you are up against not just the left, or not just socialism, you know, that's that was that's what the House Republicans want to turn it into. This is Terry, or Glenn Youngkin rather, won in Virginia because the American people oppose socialism. Terry McAuliffe is not a socialist. Glenn Youngkin didn't really run against socialism. It's against the blob. It's against the, the liberal establishment that's pushing the, these crazy racial and sexual theories. It's not, you've got to break out of these old shallow dichotomies that don't really reflect the political situation that we're seeing today. And it's not just it's not just the private enterprise versus the the big government by the way. It's the American people versus big tech and big corporate and big government, sure, and big university and big 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 liberal ruling class. We have been covering the Rittenhouse case pretty closely on this show. You you saw yesterday when the the guy who got shot by Rittenhouse, says, yeah, I I pointed the gun at him first. Yeah, he was acting in self-defense. Well, take a listen to how the news media, the corporate news media covered that admission. What was going through your mind at this particular moment? That I was going to die? One of the three men, Kyle Rittenhouse, is accused of shooting last year in Kenosha, Wisconsin, took the stand at Rittenhouse's murder trial today. The survivor says he was a volunteer medic during the anti-racism protest here last year after the police shooting of Jacob Blake. The man says when it happened, he had a handgun in his hands and his arms were raised when Rittenhouse shot him. Rittenhouse is 18 years old. He's accused of killing two other men. Prosecutors say he took part in the protest to incite violence, but the defense attorney claims Rittenhouse is innocent because he shot in self-defense. Oh, is that what happened? The survivor was out during an anti-racism protest, and uh, then he was shot. Because, and he all he just had his gun in the air. It was raised, and he was shot. And uh, But, you know, the defense kind of disputes this. That's not what happened. We played it yesterday on the show. It's been going viral all over the internet. The the guy himself admits he was pointing the gun at Rittenhouse, threatening Rittenhouse, and Rittenhouse fired in self-defense. Anti-racism protest? It was a bunch of leftist thugs and terrorists burning down a city and shooting people and, and defacing property and stealing things and setting things on fire. But that local Fox affiliate there spreading the lie, the big lie, (laughs) to to use a stupid phrase that the left likes to throw around. You can, you can, sometimes you you get to peek through the curtain a little bit and you can see, gosh, if these guys are lying so blatantly, so egregiously about something that is just so obviously fact-checked, what else are they lying to us about? What, what can I trust in this regime? Blake Masters, who's running for Senate in Arizona, Republican candidate for Senate, he just issued an audacious uh, campaign advertisement, getting right to the heart of this distrust in the institutions. I think Trump won in 2020. Maybe you disagree, but you've got to admit this election was really messed up. We saw states change the rules at the last minute to flood the zone with mail-in ballots. The media, the media, They'd tell any lie in order to hurt President Trump. And big tech censored true information about Joe Biden in the weeks leading up to the election. How is that fair? Trump wins big in a fair fight. I'm Blake Masters. I'm running for the US Senate in Arizona. And I approve this message because election integrity is the most important issue. We gotta do so much better if we wanna keep this country great. This is a brilliant ad. First of all, who can really disagree with what he says? Even if you think Joe Biden, he, Joe Biden really won. Look, Joe Biden really won in 2020. Um, And so he's wrong to say that I think Trump won. No, but he, he opens it up. What are the first two words? He goes, I think. He's not saying it is a certain definitive fact that Trump won. He's saying, look, I think Trump won. Maybe you disagree with me, but you at least have to admit the election was really messed up and they changed all the rules. The Democrats changed all the rules at the last minute to, to go to their advantage. And we know the media would lie about it and like, because the media are still lying and they especially lie about Trump. So we can have no trust in them. The The way that the election, the way they counted the ballots for days and weeks and months and months and the 3 a.m. changes to the ballot counts and all that. Because I think it's just a little, I think it's very suspect. And at the very least, it's, it's difficult to have faith in this election system. And that's a very important issue because it cuts right to the heart of our democracy that the, the libs always talk about. What would you disagree with there? How could you disagree with that? You're just not allowed to say it, right? You're not allowed to say it because big tech will shut you down. As Blake Masters acknowledges, they did over over true information about Joe Biden in the days before the election, the New York Post story on the Hunter Biden laptop. They just shut that down. You couldn't even privately message it. So big tech could shut you down, your workplace could shut you down, the schools could shut you down, certainly the the news media could shut you down. So where's the lie? What's so brilliant about this ad to me is one, it's audacious, it's making a claim that a lot of people believe that the the liberal establishment won't let us say. But it's getting to, to an even deeper question, which is not what are you allowed to say, but who has the right to decide what we are allowed to say? That's that's the deeper question. It's not just, are we allowed to say that Trump really won the election? Or is that an insurrection call to arms and a threat to our democracy? It needs to be censored. It's not even, no, we should be allowed to say that because of free speech. And we should, that should be within the realm of acceptable speech. And it's that, okay, that debate's fair enough. But the deeper one is who decides? Is it Mark Zuckerberg? Is it Sundar Pichai? Is it Jack Dorsey who decide? Is it Joe Biden who decides? Is it Jeff Zucker who decides? Who decides? And what Blake Masters is saying is, look, I'm running for Senate, okay? And maybe they're going to take down my ad off of YouTube or whatever, but I'm running for Senate because I I, I think we ought to have the right to say that. And I am going to get some political power and I'm going to use that political power to help decide these questions in our favor. And I'm not just going to let these liberal oligarchs control everything about our society. I love that. I'm really, really impressed by Blake Masters' campaign. And th- this gets to another big, big news story this week. We touched on it a little bit yesterday, the day before. Uh, free speech. Free. We've been talking about free speech a lot. You know, I have this book, number one national bestselling book that the New York Times completely snubbed, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, makes a great Christmas present. And by the way, because there are supply chain issues, because there are all those Buttigieg boats off the coast of California, they can't come in, you can't get your goods. I would recommend now, if you want to give Speechless, this wonderful gift, to your friends and family for Christmas. You want to order however many copies, let's say five, let's say 10, let's say 20. I don't know. Uh, You should order them now. Make sure you get them in time so that the Grinch, Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden and the Grinch do not steal Christmas and deprive you of that great gift. Just a little tiny plug in there. But speaking of free speech, there's a big, big story in free speech. This new university the Barry Weiss announced, Barry Weiss, the former New York Times writer who's, who's now on her own, and she's doing much better work than the New York Times. The University of Austin, which is going to be the, basically the free speech university, and it's going to pursue the truth fearlessly, and it's not going to be kowtowed by wokeness and by the radical left, and it's not going to be politically cor- correct, and it's going to just pursue the truth as they, as they see it. The headline, this is the one, this was the top, top trend on Twitter yesterday. Headline, conservative thinkers, ideologues announce creation of fiercely independent University of Austin alternative college. The conservative-led university says it's dedicated to the fearless pursuit of truth and reclaiming a place in higher education. I thought conservative universities, thats it was announced on Barry Weiss's page. Barry Weiss is a big liberal. And a conser- I didn't see a lot of conservatives involved. And then the picture, the best picture they got, the most conservative guy they could find to, to use as the photo for this university is Steven Pinker, who is a liberal at Harvard, and he's a liberal of a little bit more of an old school, a little bit more of a moderate variety, but he's still a liberal. On every political issue, just about, he sides with the liberals, not the conservatives, and on philosophical issues, he sides with the liberals, not the conservatives, but he's a little more open-minded, a little more tolerant, a little more old school, and so he's a conservative, Conser- conservative university, conservative thinkers, conservative ideologues. There are like two conservatives involved in the entire project. Saurabh Amari and I don't know, maybe like a, one or two other people, there, but it's, it's mostly liberals. Larry Summers, Larry Summers, Obama's economist, liberal president of Harvard University, Steven Pinker, Barry Weiss. I don't, I don't have the full list of faculty here, but it's a ton of libs. And I like it, by the way. I have a great deal of respect for all of these people. I have a great deal of admiration. I support the project. I'm glad that they're founding a liberal university to contradict the woke, radical, hardcore leftist universities. I would prefer that they founded a conservative university. I would prefer that this headline be correct. I think that the only way we're going to solve this problem in the long run is to found actual conservative universities. I think liberal universities are going to end up in the same place that all the other ones have. But I at least admire what they're doing. I applaud them for doing it, but don't tell me they're conservatives. There's a reason they're doing this though. There is a there it is it is not just idiocy and ignorance. There is a political strategy here. The media, the left, the libs are trying to portray the new University of Austin, the kind of alternative university that's more open-minded and not so woke and not so politically correct. They're trying to portray it as a conservative project, which it is manifestly not because they are trying to trigger all of the liberals who started the university of disavowing the conservatives, to disavow the conservatives. That's what they're trying to do. They know that one thing that liberals, even the moderate ones, even the old school ones, one thing they really abhor is being accused of being authoritarian, uh, uh, illiberal, closed-minded, conservative. They don't like that. You remember the Harper's letter? This was another statement that a lot of more moderate, old school, but still liberal people signed on to uh, some months ago. They said, we support free speech. We support this. We support all these kind of old liberal principles. And they said, we're liberals though. We're not, we don't like Trump. We're not conservatives. We're, but we're, and So don't you call us that. So what, what the media are trying to do right now is get Barry Weiss and Steven Pinker and Larry Summers and all of these people to say, no, 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 we're not conservatives. Please don't. Because they want to break them and they want to break their spirit and they want to get them to kowtow and bend down and kneel and genuflect before the woke liberal establishment. Okay. And I hope they don't do it. I fear that they will. I fear that they can't withstand that pressure, but I hope hope that they can stand up. What this is about there's two things. It's about getting these guys who are going a little bit off the reservation to come right back onto the reservation, and it's about shifting the Overton window. If if the Overton window has shifted so far to the left that Steven Pinker is now the conservative standard bearer, that Larry Summers, Obama's economist, is now the conservative standard bearer, then conservatives have lost basically everything. If that- if the window is shifted that far to the left, then where are we? Where are you and I? Where, where, are, where are the conservatives who are listening to this show right now? We're off the end of the earth. We're not even close to that Overton window. If, if Stephen Pinker is supposed to be our standard, standard bearer. And, and the Overton window has shifted that far. There was a, a news report just came out. Fairfax County is now grilling 12-year-olds about their sex lives in school. The 2021 Fairfax County Youth Survey, which is a collaboration between Fairfax County government and Fairfax County public schools, is aimed at students who are in eighth grade and 10th grade and 12th grade. So you're talking about kids as young as what, 12 or 13, going all the way up to about 14 or so, 14, 15. The survey is anonymous. The survey is not mandatory, but it's given out to these students. Here are just some of the questions on the survey. Some people describe themselves as transgender when their sex at birth does not match the way they think or feel about their gender. Are you transgender? Which of the following best describes you? Heterosexual, straight, gay, or lesbian, bisexual, not sure. Okay, these are a little weird, but okay, it gets worse. Have you ever had sexual intercourse? 12-year-old, have you ever had sexual intercourse? Next question. How old were you when you had sexual intercourse for the first time? During your life, with how many people have you had sexual intercourse? During the last three months, with how many people have you had sexual intercourse? The last time you had sexual intercourse, did you or your partner use a condom? Have you ever had, or I'm not even going to get into this. This is like, I'm actually not even going to read these questions because it's a family show and kids listen to it. And I, unlike the Fairfax County government and Fairfax County public schools, don't want to put this obscenity into the minds of 12 year olds. But, but they are doing that. This is the same school system, by the way, Fairfax County that had gay porn in the library that a mother discovered and made an uproar about and they finally got rid of the gay porn in the library. What what the liberals are going to say here is, oh, Michael, oh, you prude, oh, you, you fuddy-duddy, you, kids are going to do that stuff. Okay, kids, you know, look, kids are kids and young, young, precocious teenagers are going to do these things. And so it's just better to know and it's better to ask them. and It's better to really be open about it. And it's better to have hugely detailed sex education, and it's good to give out condoms in the schools, and it's good to you know, really be open and supportive about all these things. This is just, We're just asking scientific questions here to get data, and the data are really important because that'll help us understand things. That's not just what's going on here. When you are, especially in an educational environment, you're not merely getting data. You're not merely studying something. It's not, it's not as though all the information is just coming from the students to you you are passing information to the students. You're not just asking questions, you're normalizing this kind of thing. If a 12-year-old is reading these questions, how many people have you had sex with? Did you do this weird sex act? Did you do that weird sex act? Did you do this weird sex act with a dude or with a girl or with both? or with? When, when they are being asked these questions, they're being asked them as though they are normal. The ideas are being not perhaps planted in their mind or if the ideas have already occurred to them, they're being normalized. And that is weird. And it's not, it's not purely neutral. You are actually making a claim here, which is why in the olden days until about what, 20 or so years ago, sex education more or less amounted to this. Hey, don't have sex before you're married. If you do, these are the things you should know. These are the risks that are involved. Here are some ways to mitigate these risks, but don't do it. It's a bad idea. And you're teenagers and you've very possibly we'll do it anyway, but just know this is why you shouldn't do it and, and here's here's the facts. But we're not allowed to do that anymore. We're not allowed to say don't do this with regard to sex. The prevailing moral rule, the maxim, is if it feels good, do it. Could you imagine if the school came out and said, hey, if, uh, don't engage in lesbian sex or gay sex or don't, don't if you're a boy who thinks he's a girl, don't, don't do that. Could you imagine, oh my gosh, the upward, they'd probably be accused of a hate crime. Could you imagine even if they said don't engage in heterosexual sex? Don't, could you imagine, that you would be told this is a violation of rights. This is repression. This is authoritarian. This is illiberal. This is awful. Because there's no getting around it. <laughs> there's no getting around the moral thing. You know, you can't legislate morality. You know, people say that. It's bogus. You, you inevitably do. Either it's going to be teaching students, right? Educating means to rear, to bring up, to train, to indoctrinate comes from the same, same root. You're either going to tell them to do this or not to avoid having sex. If you're going to do it in these very limited ways, or you're going to tell them, yeah, have sex with everybody, do do whatever you want. If it feels good, do it. And then you're going to get to the sort of situation where we have a civilization that believes the best way to protect the public health is with free prostitution. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coramina, And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Today on the Matt Wall Show, a new poll finds that 40%, yes, 40% of Gen Z identifies as LGBT. What in God's name is going on there? Trying to figure that out today. And a witness in the Rittenhouse trial yesterday claims that the DA tried to get him to perjure himself. Plus, Jimmy Kimmel says that Americans only hate Kamala Harris because we're all sexist. And a truck driver launches a long-shot campaign for the New Jersey Senate, wins, unseats a powerful incumbent. And now the media would like us to know that this is all very bad because uh, he's racist. Big shock. In our Daily Cancellation, we're told that climate change fears are giving millions of Americans PTSD. Is that true? We'll discuss that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.